What is the one thing that you do, and therefore by doing it, everything else, let this sing, everything else becomes either irrelevant or unnecessary. I can do a thousand things well, but once you move all of that mess out of the way, what is the one thing that really is moving the needle and making the difference? And that's a hard answer to arrive to because we're faceted and brilliant. But once you can get so unapologetically clear about what your one thing is, your decision making becomes easier. You saving time like this. What I love about this conversation is that in 2017, I think it was your first TSP Live. Yeah. <clears throat> you were many of these people sitting in the audience. Yeah, absolutely. What would you tell 2017, Sharice? Here you go with these deep questions, Lamar. <laughs> Let me go back to her. Mm. I would tell her that everything will be all right. I would also tell her to prioritize your own voice sooner because we get so caught up in thinking or asking, well, what do you think, what do you think, what do you think? You have all these ideas and you gotta run it by 17 people before you even gain approval for yourself. Give your own self permission. You know when you're shining out, that's your belly, your intuition, your gut. You know what is right. Allow yourself permission to go find that. So that's what I would tell her. Awesome. Yeah. Let me yep, give it up. Uh, let me ask you this. I'm, I'm going to get my questions in first, y'all. Yeah. I appreciate you, but I'm going to get mine in first. Come to you in just a second. Um, y'all have, uh, I want to say y'all exploded the last three years, but y'all been exploding since 2017. Like it ain't <laughs> been, it's just different levels of it. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Jumping from, you know, 100,000 to 3 million or 1 million or whatever it was. three. To, yeah, to last year, 20 mil. Exactly. That is all, all of these jumps. Yeah. Um, what's been the hardest part of that type of explosive growth? Ooh. We all know that when you grow super fast like this, things can break. Mm -hmm. So really, for us, it was about stabilizing the foundation. And that's what we're all about this year. I think the hardest thing right now is not caring about revenue generation. That sounds scary, right? <laughs> like, that's scary. But for us, our goal this year is more about profitability. If we hit our same revenue goal, if we don't, I don't care. Because what I want to make sure is that the years and the decades ahead that we can sustain this stuff, right? That the policies are in place, that we have the right people on the bus, that they're driving toward the right direction, spending more time with the leadership team, making sure that the training is right. Not everything that you see that goes wrong, call it out immediately. Nobody, it's excellence only. You, they, you don't put it in your back pocket. Oh, I'm gonna address her after. Yeah, I'm gonna make a mental note. No, address it immediately because your future depends on it. So for me right now, it, that, for a girl who just 
is all about the revenue, it's like, okay, this year, we're gonna do the same, but I have different priorities. And that's like putting me in a straight jacket. I love it. Yeah. And this is my last question before we go to the crowd. Because um, you know at TSP, I talk a lot about our responsibility as entrepreneurs to provide for others in our community. Mm -hmm. And you, you know, I, I talk a lot, I reference you and Kim and Tim a lot, right? Um, for the number of people that y'all have employed in your communities. And especially, you know, when I, when I come to your offices, um, how many employees y'all got now? 40. 40 employees. A lot of them look like us. Oh, yeah, they're all. Um, they ain't all black, but they're people of color. Mm -hmm. um, Full-time, W-2, that matters. Um, yeah, and they're spread out uh, across three offices. But we operate for our revenue level. We operate very lean. Mm -hmm. Like, you talk to some of these white founders, and they ain't got there yet, but they got 150 employees, you know, doing what? So these <laughs> and they've raised two hundred and fifty million to, uh, in money. That? You know, one hundred fifty thousand valuation. What? what? Anyway, I digress. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yes, um, that's the answer to your question. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and with that, like, what is it? Is it something internally? Because a lot of people, um, and I think I know the reason, but I want to assume a lot of people would say, hey, I want to outsource this, I want to outsource that, I want to pre-peel this. Oh, but y'all have never really done that, right? Oh, we thought about it, and it would have killed us. It would have been the death of us. You remember the culture wheel we were talking about? How, how possibly could you indoctrinate your internal key people that are going to run this thing with you with the baton without being with them every day? Hmm. Without really controlling the consumer's experience? So us personally... We, it was my business to pluck every 1099 off the roster, every single one. The only one that we have is a photographer. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, that's a non-negotiable for us. But yeah, like down to, down to it all, HR is now in-house, a full-time recruiter. Mm -hmm. So that's why I ain't scared. <laughs> I ain't scared to fire somebody right. because I got a recruiter now, you know? So that makes a difference. Okay, I love it. All right, we're going to start on this side. Is that Gabby? Yeah. Hi, Gabby, Gabby Goodwin in the building. <laughs> Gabby going like a grown, grown woman out this oh, joint. You like, what's that? Okay. Hi, everyone. I'm Gabby Goodwin. I'm the 15 year old CEO of Confidence and the co inventor of. <laughs> <laughs> Along with my mom, Roslyn. Uh, my question is, <laughs> sorry. Hey, Rod. Wow, she gave you the courtesy. I didn't get to finish. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, what are some tactics that you used in your group to use or to go to higher profit, especially if you have a couple thousand inside of your Facebook group? Yep. The first thing I would say is like turning them inside out. Because you know how if you have a really popping group, a community, like they're in a container, but your external followers have no idea what that celebration like is. Like you the ish, but if you go on Instagram, you don't look like it, right? So what you can do is turn that inside out. So like all those videos that they're doing, all of that good, good that they're sharing, asking for permission, incentivize them with a gift card to put that on the platform. The other ones in the group will see that they're, oh my God, they're famous. Look at them. They, you know, she made it to the Sassy Jones page, to the Gabby Confidence page, right? And then by doing that, that worked incredibly well for us. And we noticed that now, really, like if you look at our brand, we're gonna take a turn because the content will change. We're just picking from that garden. We don't even have to spend money to create the content. 
So that was really one thing that worked incredibly well for us. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, awesome. Um, we're going here, but right after going here, we're coming to Zoom, so Zoom, get ready as well. All right, uh, right here. Hello, my name is Ashley Kirkwood. I run a company called Speak Your Way to Cash. Hey, Ashley. Yes. Hey. Hey. We help speakers land five and six figure corporate speaking contracts. Um, I would love to have a more uh, engaged culture. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering when it comes to hiring and you can't compete on price yet, what are you doing to ensure you're hiring people that are as committed to your culture in that interview process? Internships, right? Mm -hmm. So the, the answer is twofold. The first is any interview that gets to me, they're 15 minutes. Because I don't need to look at your resume. I want to look in your eyes, right? Mm -hmm. That will tell me the resume is the biggest piece of line paper in the face of the earth, right? Right. <laughs> right? I want to look at your eyes. And the first question I ask all of my interviews, people first or rules first and why? They scratch their head, they reverse out of it. You, you know, what you mean? I don't, I want, it's a thought provoking question and what I'm really trying to identify because there is no right or wrong answer. I'm trying to unfold how you think, how you process, how you, how you squirm when I asked you the question. I'm watching everything. That tells me whether I'm hiring for what we call a good culture fit. And even if you came from McDonald's and you were used to flipping burgers, that culture probably tells me that you would be good in fulfillment because you're used to piecework, right? So things like that are transferable. The other thing, internships. So if you like them, don't offer nobody nothing on the spot. Get them there for two or three days. They should squirm because they already should have a job. So they're already fussing about how they're going to take the time off, right? Because you only want people that's working. Right? How much? Okay, you can take time off even if it's a month from now. I need a two day internship from you because you're not gonna lie to me in this interview. I'm gonna watch how you work. You're gonna come in, you're gonna have these projects, you're gonna turn them in, we're gonna banter, we're gonna talk. And then that tells me everything I need to know. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. Amazing. All right. Over to the uh, Zoom. Yes. Okay, Pam asks when your vision is so innovative, how do you remain confident that what you see is what is for the culture or customer when there are naysayers? When there are did naysayers? You, yeah, did you hear that? I think. You, I, I understand the question. How repeat? do you trust yourself? Yes. <clears throat> okay. When your vision is so innovative, how do you remain confident that when you that when you see that what you see is what is for your culture or customer when they are naysayers? Yeah. Can we give it up one time for the naysayers? Right? <laughs> They're always going to exist. Uh, what I would say to you is that you have to trust yourself. Talked about prioritizing your own voice. So you're going to have to go out on a limb, even though the naysayers are there the first time. Do the thing, gather data about how well or how not well that went, and you start to create a fact book, right? And so you say, I had this uh, idea, the naysayers were there, I tried it anyway, it was successful. So the next time you're dealing with those feelings internally, you can refer to that fact book, look back and say, oh no, I can now trust myself because it's factually based. So at a certain point, you're just gonna have to prioritize your own voice and just trust yourself. That's the answer. Let me ask you a follow-up to that. Because sometimes I think people think people are naysayers when they're not. No. People are straight up just like, 
I'm, you know, I may have some insight, I may have some advice, and yep. I think it's easy to shut out. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you discern or... Especially in our community. Tell the truth. Yeah. Tell the truth, right? It requires therapy. Mm. It's the truth. No, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to unpack that for you. It's a mindset. It's a behavior. So you looking at feedback, and in your mind, that gets misconstrued as haterism... Yeah. How, how, where in your, what happened in your life or to you that causes you to put everything in that box, right? When there are a thousand other boxes available that you could have filed that in, you chose hatred. You chose naysayernism. That just made up a word, right? Right? But what you have to do is assume positive intent with every interaction you have. Every interaction you have because it is true, everything is working together for my good all the time. So how could this possibly be a roadblock? Nine times out of 10 is you roadblocking yourself, right? So you just have to file it differently, and it's a practice. All right, Uh, decide. Hi. Hi. My name is Ro, the owner of Miss Ro's Dance Closet a dancewear boutique. Uh, we offer clothes. I'm learning my speech. Uh-huh. <laughs> we got, uh, Ro, you just give us a question. I'll just give you a question. Um, so my question has been answered. It was about employees. So I'm just going to say something that triggered me since I was standing here. Okay. Um, you mentioned that your negative comments you sent flowers and things like that. Mm -hmm. And so I guess that triggered me. And my question would be, I get those in like uh, Google, uh, y'all can't talk, what's I got up here? Anyway, my question is, are you always sending them things? Do Do you pick between which one or do you just see somebody that like really hurt your feelings? Cause I wear my heart on my sleeve. Yeah, we all do because we birthed this. Yeah. You know, this brand was in utero. We, we had this. It's a part of our soul, no matter how much you try to deny it or separate it. Own that. Run toward that, right? Um, the answer to your question is, no, not everyone. Just the big, scary, mean, nasty ones right. that go and put public things on your social media, like that try to intentionally sabotage. Um, for the like lower-tier mediums, um, we'll call. <laughs> We'll pick up the phone, and that's just as good as a, a bouquet of flowers because our client experience manager, and I used to do the same thing, you know, they're way different on the phone than they are behind that computer, Wody. <laughs> way different. So don't be afraid of doing that because then you get an opportunity. If they care that much, you turn them around, they're your crusaders. It's them. They are your crusaders. Don't count them out. They're the baddest, but they lead all the pack if you can convert them and you can't be scared. Here you go. Hater crusaders. Yeah, hater crusaders. All right. Yeah. Wait, what? Hey, y'all. I'm Ari Simpson. Hey, Lamar. Hey, hey. Sassy. Ah, I, I know you see me. <laughs> 
Yeah, so I am the CEO of Tees of Life. We're a statement t-shirt company where we have the perfect shirt for whatever life brings. So we've been lucky and fortunate and blessed to have a customer base that shops with us over and over and over again. But building a community, like as far as a Facebook group, is new. So I'm looking for some tips like right out of the gate to really build engagement. Mm -hmm. If you can help me with that. Oh, yeah. Okay, so start the group first. Exclusivity matters. Right. So once you start the group, your new T-shirts that you're coming out with, you ha have them help you make decisions on what to put the next one. Right. And then also you give it to them first. When you're giving it to them first, you incentivize them for purchasing it first. Right. Because sometimes that incentive can get stale. So you're always like, no, you get it first. And then sometimes you can stage a sellout, too. Right. Yeah. So like it, it, it came here. It no longer exists, everyone else wants it, and that creates more, it, it generates more excitement about the product, if you will. So those are some of the things that have worked well in the past for us. I love that, I love staging a sellout. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Scarcity matters, you're yep. welcome. All right, uh, on the Zoom. Deborah asks, how do you find and prioritize your, ver your voice, particularly when I'm more reserved? Well, you were born with your inner voice, right? And so it starts with, when I say voice, I'm not referring to like being up on the stage or being in front of a camera or being anywhere. I'm referring to you being with yourself and just being, that's it, right? And really listening to what your thoughts are and implementing those thoughts. So how you do it is, what I do is I just sit still in the morning. It's just a ritual for me. Um, helps me be my best person, my best self, my best CEO. But in the morning, I just sit still and allow whatever is roaming through my head to roam. A lot of the times when you're that still, that's when God really speaks to you. Because we're so busy asking him for things, but we're not listening to what he is asking us to do. And we can't hear that if we're cussing people out constantly or scrolling social media constantly or trying to keep up with the Joneses constantly, right? So that's really how you prioritize your own voice. Step one is listen to God. Step two is listen to yourself. And you have to create space for that. It becomes a practice and then the practice becomes a, a permanence. It's never a perfection. Awesome. All right, is that Angela? It is. Angela! <laughs> So what, how you doing? <laughs> you, we miss you. We do miss I miss you, you too. <laughs> My name is Angela Hawkins, owner and founder of Bamblue. We like to say we offer you. <laughs> we like to say we offer you the products to get you the rest you need so you can live the life you want. Mm. And Sharice, you, you were there while I was building this brand. Yes, yes. And I feel like I've spent a lot of time focused on building the brand, and my customer was building the culture, and mm. I didn't know it. Mm. And so I, I turned around and looked, and there were people like, um, where's the group, um, where's the lives? And so I was turning all the things on, but I feel like I still haven't leaned in to really exploding that culture. And I think of you every time I do my lives. I do Thursday night at 8. Um, Everyone. <laughs> and I, what I do is I, I listen to what they want and I try to give, reciprocate you know, the love and the, the adoration that they give me, but I feel like I'm still not doing enough. Like I want to do something else to pull that culture 
and, and really make it bleed. Like it, it, mm. it's there. These yeah. people want it. Yeah. And I, I just want to ask you, what's the one thing that you would offer as advice from me to push through to this next level of culture building? Because this is, this is a culture. Mm -hmm. This is what we're doing with Bamboo is changing how people look at how they sleep, how people look at how they relax and lounge. And we're showing them that there's an opportunity to live better your entire life just by changing how you sleep. That's a culture change. Heck yeah. So how, how could I lean into that and offer something that has that sassy, you know? <laughs> yeah, I get it. You wanna know what worked really well for us? Is experiences, right? I love that. Yep, so we took it online. It was online first, and then we took it offline. It's the equivalent of what you're standing in right now. This yeah. is an experience, right? Mm -hmm. So you host an event, let them fly in and let them experience one another and transform one another about their testimonies of how your brand has changed their life through menopause or through whatever, right? And when you create those environments, it takes off like wildfire, mainly because it was exclusive for the first part, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody else wanted to come. Anybody heard about the fashion show? You wanna hear about the fashion show, right? So it's that sort of thing. You bring them all together and let them have fun with one another. And then you record that because then that's content and continue to proliferate that. You'll learn things from the first experience, but the biggest difference maker for my brand was in-person experiences. Everybody else online. Mm -hmm. I love that. Okay, I got a bunch of things flooding to my head just with that, so thank you. You're welcome, <laughs> you're welcome. Awesome, all right, on this side. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sean Glaze fellow mastermind here, love mastermind. Mm -hmm. And I'm super excited. My team at Inclusive Data, we have won black folks over $18 million in 18 months in grants. <laughs> Yesterday, during mastermind, the special session that we get, we found that we won over $600,000 in grants yesterday. Woohoo! Congratulations. Thank you. You're welcome. When most people hear from us, they think about grants, but when most people experience our brand, they think community. Mm -hmm. They think about the impact, they think about how we help people transform relationships, heal generational curses, etc. And it's one of those things where when I talk about the work I do, the number one thing that sticks in their heads is that 18 million in 18 months. Mm -hmm. But the number one thing that sticks in their hearts is that transformation they can get through free challenges. And the number one thing I'm here to learn how to do is to figure out how to um, shift as a leader as my community shifts alongside me. And so to you, I am really curious to hear what's one thing that you have learned about the shifts that you've needed to make inside yourself to show up for the community that is enthusiastically here for you. Yeah, so the biggest thing for me is the one thing. It's a book that you all need to read if you've not read it, it's amazing. I think we, you sent it. I think I got it from you, maybe. <laughs> so it asks you this question. What is the one thing that you do, and therefore by doing it, everything else 
let this sink. Everything else becomes either irrelevant or unnecessary. I can do a thousand things well, but once you move all of that mess out of the way, what is the one thing that really is moving the needle and making the difference? And that's a hard answer to arrive to because we're faceted and brilliant. But once you can get so unapologetically clear about what your one thing is, your decision making becomes easier. You saving time like this. You lead in the community, leading your team from that place of your one thing. You delegate better because everything else goes to everyone else because that's their one thing, right? So identify that and you flow in that lane. Awesome. Thank, Thank you. you. You're welcome. Uh, we got somebody on Zoom. Yes, Charmaine asks, when co-founder passes away and was part of the brand, what are your recommendations to rebrand? Hmm. As sad as that is, and I'm sorry for your loss, if that were me, I would rally community around that because nine times out of 10, people knew of the co-founder, right? And I would, I would enlist my community as my new co-founder, right? I would list the culture as the new co-founder and really take them behind the scenes of like what it is that you're feeling. So I know like during grief, we just wanna be you know, like this, but there is bravery and healing and sharing our stories. So what I would do, y'all, I lost the co-founder. I really don't know how we're gonna move forward. What ideas do y'all have? let's build up a board of advisors who can be my, my co-founder. And then that gives you some sense of redirection. And really, you get answers before you need them because maybe you re, you'd be rebranding the wrong thing, right? Maybe they want something different in the first place. So have them tell you. That's what I would do. Okay. All right, on this side. <clears throat> Hello, Cherie. Hi. Hi, Lamar. Um, my name is Cicely, and I am the owner of CCDion. We are a bohemian-inspired loungewear land that tells your stories and allows you to shine. Um, so my question to you is, if you were to start over, um, I'm in the process of getting rid of the solopreneur valley. Um, I'm just trying to get into hiring a staff. What would be the first position that you would hire? I would hire, me personally, I hired fulfillment first because that was consuming most of my time. Oh my God, I remember packing orders well into the midnight hour yes. and I'm like, I can't do this because this is not an income generating activity. Exactly. I needed my brilliant mind to be focused on revenue generation solely. Right. So all of the things, you would start with writing down all of the things that aren't making you money but you're spending a lot of time on. And so for me, first it was fulfillment, had a girl to do that. Second was customer service because I can't answer the phones and emails because that's not, you know, holistically revenue generating. Um, and then continued to build that first. And then I got freer and lighter, right? And then I could go, what would you say, follow the money? Yeah. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. All right, uh, this is that. Good afternoon, my name is Jennifer Jasper, and I'm the owner of the t-shirt brand, God Ain't Petty, but uh -uh. I am. <laughs> we have the best petty tees in the world, and my question is, I do have a Facebook group called The Petty Pew, 
for customers. You mentioned the fishbowl effect to get people wanting to get into it. Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious, what things should I be doing? I just use email, uh, email sequence to get them into the community, but I don't know how to get outsiders to want to get into it. Yeah, so take what's happening in that group, screen record it, and put it on your stories. One in, text XXXXXX, we'll let you in, right? That same thing, put it on your social media feed, right? When you, do you use live stream as a marketing tool? I'm working on it. Okay, all right, so I highly recommend that because nothing converts faster. I'm just sorry, we don't even use paid ads anymore because that has replaced it for us. Um, but my point is when you're on those live streams, you prioritize your petty pew first. Petty pew, throw up some gang emojis. Who in here petty pew? Everybody else is like, what is petty pew? <laughs> I want to be, I want to now be a part of the Petty Pew, you know? So it's really just making it known, doing a better job of making it known that it exists. You know, and even to your, your email um, list, emailing everyone with happenings inside of Petty Pew, right? And just really blowing that up. So that's what works for, well for us. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. And uh, this will be the last question from Zoom. Melody Power, Diva Star Boutique asks, how do you bounce back and focus on revenue after some major setbacks? Mm-hmm, that's a, that's real. That, you know what? That is so real. That's a good one. <clears throat> I talk to Mass Martins all the time, because I think sometimes people are under the impression that people that break through the smaller scales of business don't deal with crap. I hate, I hate it all the time. It was, was easy for you because <laughs> I got this, I got that, I got that. And I yeah. tell them that a lot of time the people I see succeed have just as much, if not more crap than everybody else, just how you deal with it and how you navigate it. Oh, my God. I know you publicly talked about yes. family and different things going on with you. Jesus Christ. The, the crown is way heavier. At this level. Like, you know, breaking through the first million, that was easy. It was struggles. Heck, yeah, it was struggles. But, like... You know, getting taking 20 to 40 to 60, that's hard. That's, that's some re-engineering of self. And so what I am actively doing, and to answer your question, is being market responsive. Um, what I did specifically, and this is an activity that could work well for anyone, I developed what's called a customer attribution map. And pretty much it's just a map of things that are important to me and the brand compared to the things that are important to the customer. And nine times out of 10, that ish don't add up. Y'all got two different priorities, right? Customer want one thing, you like, no, we're this, and we're cupcakes and lollipops. No, we're this. Go be what she wants. And that's some undoing, sis, because you wrote the business plan. You the one was shooting in the gym, right? You the one that got your, your speech, your opening ready, you define you. But really, if you want to rebrand and come back and focus on revenue generation, it's really doing what the customer wants you to do. And that's it. All right. And um, let's close on this. Um, what message do you want to leave with this audience? Mm. The message I want to leave with y'all is that we have a responsibility to build not only a culture, but legacy. This has to be beyond us. 
You're not going hard just for your children, your employees, your staff, for you. I want you to think about what comes after you. What will they say about your contributions to this God's beautiful earth once you're gone? And you're creating that today. You're writing that story right now. So I really want you to understand the weight and the integrity, the responsibility that you have. Once you got off the bench and called yourself an entrepreneur, that comes with a whole mantle. So run toward it. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Traffic Sales and Profit Podcast. Don't forget to download and subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms. Also, visit us at www.trafficsalesandprofit.com forward slash podcast. On that page, you'll have all the links to follow us on social, me at Lamar Tyler and the at Traffic Sales and Profit brand, in addition to information on our upcoming events, information on how to get a free copy of my paperback book, and more so that you can be the best entrepreneur possible. Thanks again, and I'll see you on the next episode.